This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. The Chamawa Indian School in Salem is Oregon's only federally run boarding school for Native American students. It failed to properly spend or account for millions of dollars of taxpayer money, as well as hundreds of thousands of dollars contributed to student accounts by Indigenous families. That is all according to an audit released on Tuesday by the U.S. Department of Interior's Office of Inspector General. OPB editor Rob Manning, who worked on a five-part investigation into Chamawa, joins us to talk about this new audit. Rob, welcome back. Hi, Dave. So this audit found a lot of different aspects of financial improprieties. We can take them one by one, starting with the student enterprise account. What is this? Yeah, the student enterprise account has several sources of funding. It, it is where money goes when it's sent in by families to be money that their students can spend while they're at boarding school. Uh, It's money raised by students from enterprises on campus, like the coffee shop and the snack bar. Um, It also includes money from on-campus businesses that are run by the school administration, like they have billboards along Interstate 5, people have probably seen, um, that Chamawa actually owns. And then it's also where donation money would go. So what did auditors find in terms of this pot of money? So it averaged close to $600,000 a year was how much was in it. And the accounts and bank statements that they looked at were actually off by as much as $100,000. So there was these enormous gaps in terms of money that appeared to be missing. And so, you know, the inspector general was like, I don't know, is this poor bookkeeping or misappropriation? And they don't necessarily reach a conclusion there. Um, But, you know, they questioned all kinds of things in that account. What specific spending did auditors call into question? Yeah, they questioned hundreds of thousands of dollars school administrators spent on excavating equipment, for instance, uh, new maintenance vehicles that they bought, and a construction project to build a barn on campus. Um, I had actually heard about the barn from people who work or visit the school, and they couldn't figure out what it was for. Um, Auditors pointed out that the uh, the school didn't have a program that the barn was connected to. There was no curriculum, no instruction, no instructor. So to them, the barn looked like just a strange investment with little connection to the school. The excavation equipment was also an example of the school making what auditors said was really just a bad spending decision. They didn't, you know, they didn't do an analysis that was really required to justify that investment. Um, So, and that, you know, was hundreds of thousands of dollars between the barn project and the excavation equipment. Another area where auditors found issues has to do with donations. What did they flag up? Well, for what, the school didn't have a fundraising agreement, which is sort of like a fundamental thing that you do as a federal entity to have the the freedom to actually raise money. Um, and there was no communication that the inspector general could find between the school and the Bureau of Indian Education that supervises the school. And that's also required. Um, the school was basically accepting donation from they didn't know who with little understanding or little outside understanding of what the money was intended for. You know, donations were coming in from non-federal sources, but the school didn't have this funding fundraising agreement, which the federal government requires. Um, it, it, they just took the money and it deposited into this catch-all student enterprise account, and which, again, that account didn't appear to be run very well. 
The audit also found problems with how the school managed millions of dollars of taxpayer dollars to, uh, that it gets to run programs, to provide services, and to maintain its campus. What exactly did they find? So Chamoa has about a $32 million budget, which is pretty big for a school that only has 180 students, but it's a boarding school. So, you know, it's kind of expensive to run. Um, the inspector general looked at a $2.2 million sample of spending, and it found that more than a quarter of it, over half a million dollars, was either wasteful spending or inappropriate spending. So that's just a massive share of the money that they're getting um, was found to be problematic. What's the connection between this audit and the five-part series of articles that you did with OPB's investigative reporter, Tony Schick, back in 2017? So the series that we did shone a light on the school that it really hadn't gotten for years. Um, when our stories came out, we heard right away from Representative Kurt Schrader, from Senators Ron Wyden and Jeff Merkley, Congresswoman Suzanne Bonamici took an active interest. They visited the school. They held hearings on Capitol Hill. They pushed to get answers to questions that we couldn't get answers to. And they felt like they weren't getting answers to the questions either. They kept on, you know, I mean, this went on for years. And so a year and a half ago, Senators Wyden and Merkley called on the inspector general in the Interior Department to do an audit. By last June, it was underway. And now it's out. How has a school responded to the results of the audit? I haven't seen anything directly from the school. The official response, and I've reached out to the, you know, the administrators there and I haven't heard back. Um, the, uh, the responses that we have seen in the audit are from the director of the Bureau of Indian Education. That is the federal agency that oversees this federally run boarding school. What did they say? Well, so the audit points to the Bureau as being largely culpable, that they're not holding the school accountable, that they're not doing any oversight. The audit notes that the Bureau is failing, you know, that this failure of the of the Bureau is relevant not just for Chamawa, but BIE supervises another 54 schools. So, you know, whatever the Bureau is not doing right here maybe isn't doing right at a lot of other places. Um BIE's director, Tony Dearman, is very familiar with Chamawa. We interviewed him in 2017 when we were doing our stories. Um, the audit includes 26 recommendations from the inspector general. They basically have accepted 25 of them. The one part where they pushed back, where they did not concur, had to do with the barn and the excavation equipment and those things where basically BIE was saying, hey, the school does have, you know, does feel like the spending is is uh, justified. It does have a program. Um, it is allowable under the funding streams that we were getting. So they pushed back on that one. But on the other 25, they're basically, which had a lot to do with training, policy changes, better oversight. BIE basically said, yeah, we should be doing more. I want to take a step back. Can you remind us about the, the really terrible histories of these federally run boarding schools for Native people in the U.S.? Sure. I mean... The boarding schools of today, I just want to say, are nothing like they were a few generations ago or a century ago when they were really part, they were a tool in the suppression, even genocide of, you know, native communities in this country. Like that is not what they are now. Um, many students died. You know, there were a lot of, lot of problems back then. Many listeners will recall that Interior Secretary Deb Holland has started working on a healing effort that actually has to do with these um, with these schools, you know, exploring burial areas, you know, really trying to kind of unearth what the what the truth is about what happened at these schools. And all of that 
is you know has become a, a very painful reminder uh, of a terrible chapter in American history. It's one that is a big part of the lives of many Native American families. Like there are a lot of you know people who are indigenous who had family members and, and ancestors who went to these schools. Um, obviously, there are schools that went you know outside the notice of a lot of white people or, or non-indigenous people in the country. Given that history, why is it that that a small number of federally run boarding schools are still operating? There are only four, you know, Chamawa only has three, there's only three other schools like Chamawa. So there's definitely a very small number of these schools now. Um, there are dozens more that are run directly by tribes. There are non, uh, you know, there are basically day schools that are supervised by the Bureau of Indian Education. Um, but there are still, they're still in operation in part because there's still a need and a support for them in the native community, that there are people who, uh, you know, there are parents and grandparents who went to Chamawa who had themselves, you know, maybe not a perfect experience, but might have had a good experience. They, you know, I, I heard in our reporting, you know, talking to students and former students of the connections that they built with students who were from other tribes. Like, you know, Chamawa draws its student body from places like Arizona and South Dakota, Wyoming, you know, it's all over the West where students come and they make lifelong friends with, uh, you know, other indigenous people who are from other tribes. Um, so there's still this connection to it. Um, and even staff people who have a lot of complaints about how the school operates, they see value in how the difference that they can make for some of these students. And in some cases, these students come from very difficult situations at home, whether it's you know, just abusive situations in their own families or a real limit in terms of educational opportunity. You know, there is a role, I think, that a lot of people would agree to schools like this. Um, it doesn't excuse the schools being poorly run, obviously. I want to turn back to this audit. What happens if the agency that is supposed to be managing a school is, you know, is in fact a part of the problem. Who has the authority to make sure that the necessary changes are actually going to be made? Well, so the Bureau of Indian Education is inside the Department of Interior. Um, few people think of Interior as an education agency. You know, it's the place responsible for the Bureau of Land Management and uh, the Parks Bureau, you know. so. Um, but the head of Interior, Secretary Deb Holland, is the first indigenous person to run that agency. Um, and she has taken a strong interest in the Bureau of Indian Affairs, the Bureau of Indian Education, and she could respond to this audit and take an active hand in making changes. Um, I haven't seen anything out of the secretary, um, but certainly, you know, she is, you know, she and she's already taken an interest in the sort of historical problems at these boarding schools. So we'll see if she weighs in. Rob, thanks very much. You're welcome. Rob Manning is a former reporter focused on education, now an editor for OPB. Our production staff includes Elizabeth Castillo, Roly Hernandez, Gemma DiCarlo, senior producer Allison Frost, and managing producer Shiraz Sadiq. Nalene Silva engineers the show. Our technical director is Stephen Cray, and our executive producer is Sage Van Wing. Tomorrow on the show, Malheur County has had the highest rate of child poverty in Oregon for more than a decade. It's a subject of a new five-part series in the Malheur Enterprise. 
We're going to hear about the struggles young people are facing with mental health, housing, education, and more. If you don't want to miss any of our shows, you can listen on the NPR One app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Our nightly rebroadcast is at 8 p.m. Thanks very much for tuning in to Think Out Loud on OPB and KLCC. I'm Dave Miller. We'll be back tomorrow. Think Out Loud is supported by Steve and Jan Oliva, the Rose E. Tucker Charitable Trust, Ray and Marilyn Johnson, and the Susan Hammer Fund of the Oregon Community Foundation. Thank you.